Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's returning guest. He grew up playing for Storm, where he's a provincial champion and national medalist. He went on to play at Windsor University, where he's got three OUA medals, one silver, two bronze, and was a first-team All-Star. Now currently joining us from Denmark, where he's playing professionally. Please welcome back to the show, Anthony DiGeralmo. Anthony, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm just trying to get up to Pierce Johnson numbers. It'll be tough. It'll be tough, but uh, we'll see what we can do here. Uh, maybe the more we learn about the the Denmark League, the more you can come back on. But uh, I checked it. The last time you were on the show, we were heading into Final Four. So how about we pick it up there? Where um, I think you and I were both secretly or not so secretly hoping for like that weird six way tie to happen at the end of the year that didn't end up going down. Uh, but just take us up from that going into quarters because I know Windsor had a big year, but uh, it wouldn't be an OUA season if somebody didn't you know screw the pooch in quarterfinals and not meet their their destiny so how are you guys feeling at the end of uh, last season going into the playoffs as a team i think we were feeling really good um it felt weird for me uh that was probably the most nervous i've been in a week of practice and uh i think it had something to do with the fact that it was western and it was a rival and uh, definitely played into it but once we got into the match and started warming up i know i know i felt this way and i'm speaking to some of my teammates we felt the same everything kind of settled down we all felt really calm and like we felt like we knew what to do it was a fun match they put up a hell of a fight i think they had 20 plus digs in the first set alone um so it was a scrappy match um we got it done in three but yeah home home quarter final was something that none of us had experienced all of our previous playoff matches in my time there had been on the road so it, there was a, it was a different kind of pressure, but it, it was, it was a really fun match and um, glad it was, I'm glad it was Western, but that just added a little fuel to the fire. For sure. I think it's easy to fire up to play against those guys because it is a good team, but they also bring the intensity. Uh, and then I think thanks to beating me and the other York clients down the stretch, <laughs> uh, I think you guys were at home again when you hosted U of T, right? Yeah, so we, we played U of T for the 100th time, it felt like, in the quarterfinal. We always see them a few times in preseason. Um, it, was, it was a pretty crazy environment. It was, it was a really fun night, um, really fun atmosphere. We, we got as close to packing our new gym as, as I've seen it. So it was, it was pretty loud. And the first set was really close, and, and they ended up squeaking away with it. I think it was 27-25. And then they ran up like a six or seven point lead early in the second. And, and we just started rolling and, and things got better and better from there. Um, we ended up winning it in four. But yeah, it was that was a huge win. Um, myself and, and Gravel and, and some of the guys that had been there for a while, you can, you can kind of see it on all our faces in the video, what that meant to us, because Windsor had never made it past that round. Like we third in the OUA is it was the best finish in, in school history. And so we'd been there a few times and that was kind of the, that was kind of the hump and, and to win that game was amazing. Um, new territory for all of us, but really special to get that one. Yeah. They, they credit it with 890 people in attendance, which I'm sure is in the ballpark, but uh, I think your social media crew does a great job because it, it looked packed. So just talk about the new gym and the impact that had, like obviously home court advantage, but uh, it, it feels like the new gym gets a little bit more ruckus than maybe the field house ever got credit for. The field house was just so big, even when it was packed, there's just so much space for sound to sort of travel. The new one's kind of cozier. 
Um, and it's kind of, it's dark around the outside, which is kind of cool. So it feels like you're on stage when you're on the court, which is awesome. 800, I, I think is well short, uh, to be honest, because the, that end whole end bleacher was all the other athletes. And I'm pretty sure they just walked in the side door. <laughs> um, so we had our football team, our track team, our basketball team all there cheering us on and, and, uh, yeah, just the new gym is beautiful and it's, it's a great place to play. It's a great volleyball gym. But I think the the real impact of it, I hope, is going to be seen in the next few years and, and what's, what it's going to do to help us with recruiting. And I know we got some really great recruits this year um, that unfortunately I won't get to play with. But I, I think the next few generations of recruits, like it's, it's hard to see that place and not and not think this is where I want to I want to come practice every day. Nice, nice. And do you remember just the mood after that first set? Because you're playing U of T team, you played a bunch. Uh, they had Filardo and Newer and all their other guys that you were able to find a way to contain. But they take the first set. But then, um, yeah, pretty big scores. You beat them 16, 20, and 14 to close it out. So uh, how did you guys feel comfortable when you dropped that first set? And it wasn't like, oh, here we go again. We'd had some tight matches throughout the season, especially later on in the season, you mentioned the one at York. Uh, we had a couple of close battles at Nipissing. So I think at least I felt pretty calm in that moment. And looking around at the other guys, I mean, like Steven's always happy. So he was, he was bringing a lot of good energy and, and it was, it was, there was no panic, um, which was cool. And as, as Gravel so kindly put it, I couldn't hit water from a boat in the first set. Um, but the ball was coming out of my hands. Nice. I was, I was just missing everything tight. So it was, it just, to me, it just felt like, okay, this is an easy fix. I'm just going <laughs> to two degrees to the left and set the ball looser to the left pin. And, and we're going to start scoring these and things are going to start going our way. Cause we, we felt like we felt like we were ready and we felt like our game plan was working and, and every other facet was there. Uh, it was just the side out was a little bit lacking. And so we, once we kind of, once I got my act together, I guess, and we started uh, siding out and, and the offense really got rolling. I think we might've hit like 400 or 500 or something in one of those later sets. I, I can't remember exactly, but it felt like our hitters were just, they couldn't miss. They played incredible. All of our outsides, all of our middles. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I, it was the best we played those last two sets, especially, I think it's, it was the best we played all season. Um, it certainly wasn't the week after, but yeah, it was, it was really special to win that one at home and, and, and play that well at home in the biggest moment. Yeah. The, the following week, I, I know uh, you guys would never admit to this. I, I don't know if anybody did it self-consciously, but knowing that you were already in nationals, maybe played a role in this, but uh, going to Mac, where are you going to play nationals? I'm sure it was valuable experience, but man, just looking at the box score, I think Brandon Mills had one of the best OUA finals in recent memories. It seems like he could do no wrong in that match. And obviously with Cooper and some other guys in the lineup, they, they rolled pretty good, but, uh, and, and in front of 1900 fans, that must've been pretty packed for the bridge. So was that a positive message maybe after that match being like, okay, we got a silver Windsor's never been to this point, And in a week or two, we're going to be back here playing for a national championship. Yeah, we, we definitely were still looking forward to nationals and we wanted to, to make a statement there. Um, I think the truth of it is, is just the lights got a little too bright for us. I mean, like you said, it's, it's the first time Windsor's ever been in that match. You're, you're a massive away crowd, which is really cool to play against, but it's, it's an adjustment. And, and, um, like you said, 
all the credit to those guys. They played un- unbelievably. I know, I know we all know that we had a little more that we could have shown. And uh, we, we, in the previous season, we'd taken them to five in the quarterfinal. And we felt like we were a much better team last year than the previous year. So we, we had a lot of confidence going in. But yeah, Mills, Mills hit some shots that we hadn't seen anything like that all season. So credit to him and, and credit to those guys. But um, disappointing. But I, I think our athletic director actually came and talked to us after the match. And she said something that I thought was really, really poignant. And it was, you got to get here to learn how to win here. And like I said, we, none of us had ever been in that moment before. And, and you, you see the way we celebrated winning the, the game against Toronto after it was, it was huge for us. And if you watch McMaster's semifinal, it was another day at the office for them because they've been there so many times and they know how to win that. So my hope is that now that we've gotten to that point, that the guys who are still there this year can carry, carry that on. And now when they get back to that moment, they're ready for it. And it's, it's not too big for them. And and I, I won't get that experience, but I I still think that I'm excited to see what Windsor does this year. Cause I think they got a lot of good pieces that can sort of finish the job this year. And what's it like preparing for a national championship? Like, obviously you got to go, I think it was your first year um, when you guys took bronze to qualify. So uh, obviously it wasn't your first adventure, but obviously you're in a different position. Uh, I mean, the expectations are higher. You're in your last year. So what was it like going to class that week leading into it? What was practice leading into it? And then what did you think of the draw when you guys drew Sherbrooke? Yeah, Sherbrooke was obviously a really strong team. They, I think they were third in the country the year before, um, and, and we knew it was going to be a tough matchup. Um, the week of prep was pretty similar to every other week. Like, we didn't look past Sherbrooke. We, we were making, we were watching film on them. We were making our, our game plan for them. And then it, it had been a long season. So at that point in the season, you're kind of just getting into the gym, getting the touches you need taking care of your body and then, and, and then getting out and resting and yeah, everything else kind of falls away. It kind of consumes all your focus and excitement. And it, it was a quick turnaround. I think we left on Tuesday or Wednesday after playing the final on, on Saturday. So we were in Hamilton, came home and then we were almost back immediately. So there wasn't a ton of prep in between those two matches, but it, like I said, it was more maintenance and get your touches and start feeling good for the next one. And that match, um, you guys drop it three straight. And I know that's never easy, but uh, I think this is a credit to your culture where when things weren't going right, he wasn't shy to get some guys in. Because if you look at the box score, uh, Marcus Lahis got some minutes in that game. Uh, JJ got in, Tamukas got in, uh, Noah Koski. So uh, obviously you guys are losing a big chunk with you and Steve and a few other guys graduating. Um, like I said, James would never like throw a match on purpose, but it looked like the young guys were going to get a chance. What was it like as an upperclassman knowing that uh, you were not playing your best? and now you had to be in a support role to, to kind of support the next wave of guys coming through. They deserve that shot, I think. And, and at least for me, I don't, I didn't look at it as, Oh, we're, we're putting in our second unit because I was at practice every day all year with them kicking our butts. So <laughs> we, we knew those guys were ready to go and, and it was just a matter of time before they get their shot. And, and yeah, there, there could have been 
I try not to read Gravel's mind, but there could have been some of that, okay, we're losing. Let's get these guys a taste of what this is like so they're ready to come back next year, which I think is is definitely valuable. But um, no, it's, uh, when we see those guys going on the court, we're, we're not expecting a drop-off. We know what they're capable of, and we trust them to do the same job. I think that's a big part of our culture too is 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 that sort of next man up mentality where like, we we know what those guys can do and, and the rest of the league doesn't so it's it's a disadvantage for the other team and, and an advantage for us so drop that one to sherbrooke and then uh fight and eventually lose 3-1 to u of t with the tournament being at mcmaster uh, were there family and friends around? Like, what was the vibe after you lost? Like, uh, I don't know. I always find it uh, pretty fascinating when when guys lose their last game. Like, how soon could you take the jersey off? Or were you in the team room after? Like, what was what was your personal experience when that last whistle blew? Uh, sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, sad. I, I guess I had a few extra minutes to process it because that fourth set wasn't very close. So you could kind of see the end coming. Um, I just remember I kind of, I kind of trapped Zach on on the last set of the game. He got blocked and I just, we just kind of looked at each other. I was like, I'm so sorry. It's like, you don't worry about it. And we just gave him a hug and cause it was, we both knew that was it for us. Yeah. Lots of family and friends around, which was cool. Um, nice, nice for them to be there with me. Yeah. I'm still <laughs> trying to just run through all the emotions. There was a lot, but I, I think I, I felt I was sad, but I was just so grateful that like my goal at the start of the year was I, I, I don't want to be watching when I could be playing. So knowing that we made it to nationals and I got to play right to the bitter, bitter end in my last year was, was way better than the alternative. And that, that helped with that sadness a little bit, but yeah, uh, when, when we got into the team room and, um, Gravel had all the graduating guys give him a chance to say something. That's, that's when I pretty much broke down and it was, it's, it's funny. You look back at that and it, it, you felt so sad in the moment, but it's, it's kind of a good memory too, because it's the last time I was ever going to play with those guys. And it's, it's was such a huge part of my life being a part of that team and a part of that, that program. So it was special, but yeah, sad. And uh, I always enjoy learning about everybody's process because it's never an easy thing to pro that volleyball players do this, this, and this. So how soon after you were done playing, like, had you already thought about playing pro? Did you already have an agent? Were you already in talks? Like, take me through uh, how quickly the next step happens. So I got lucky because I've had a few teammates go through it a couple years ahead of me. Um, I've, I've actually ended up with the same agent that Pierce had. It was probably f- second half of the season. Um, that agent reached out to Gravel saying, Hey, I'm looking to sign new clients. Uh, his name is Steve Welsh. He, he played for our national team in the past and played at the university of Manitoba. Um, and he said, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to sign some new pl- new players. Do you have any players that are interested in going overseas? And so Gravel talked to me and said, Hey, I think this is a guy that can really help you. Um, is this still something you're interested in? And at the time what I said to him was, yeah, I'm definitely interested, but I don't want to think about it right now. I want to focus on this season. And when the season's over, then I'll deal with it. Um, so Gravel said, okay, I'll, I'll send basically a, an email saying, yes, I've got a guy and we'll follow up later, which was good just to get the ball rolling. 
And then when the season ended, it was probably a week or two after that um, I had a meeting with Gravel and he said, all right, um, are you still interested? And I said, yes. And he said, okay, here's Steve's contact information. He's expecting an email from you and we'll go from there. Uh, and then the process was I had to send some video, put it in a bunch of information and the agency has basically decide if they want to take me on as a client. And so Steve checked out the video, looked through all my information and got back to me saying, yep, I, you're, you're a client I want to work with. And let's, let's uh, start the process from here. And honestly, at that point, I kind of washed my hands of it. Like it was in, in his court and he was looking for contracts for me. Um, I was honestly pretty burnt out at the end of the season. It felt like it had been a long a long season and um after we lost our quarterfinal in my second last year i think we started practicing three times a week a week later um we were pretty bitter after that one and we wanted to get back on the horse and get working so it felt like i'd been i'd been in season for like a year and a half at that point so i was pretty burnt out and it was nice to take a step back and not have to worry about it. And then it was probably June when he contacted me saying, Hey, I've got interest from this team in Denmark, gave me some information, set, set up a meeting with the manager and said, and basically told me he thought it was a good opportunity for me. And, and yeah, I went from there, got in contact with the club and yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Before we get to your pro season here, uh, it's interesting you mentioned how burnt out you are because you had a chance to spend uh, your summer a little bit closer to home. You coached a ton and you played a ton of beach. Uh, how did the coaching opportunity come through with On Point? Obviously, in the Windsor area, I'm sure you already knew Darren, right? So I guess this was my third summer working for Darren. Uh, I started the first year, I just did a couple of the boys programs. And then last year I was actually doing, uh, the full-time training group in Windsor, which was an awesome experience. Uh, as you know, that, that group is, uh, trains four times a week. A lot of those girls are, are looking to go play division one NCAA. They're really dedicated, really focused. And so that was a really, really, uh, fun environment to be a part of. And that's what I did the summer before this one. And then I told Darren that I was moving home and he basically said, okay, I've got programs in your area as well. Do you want to be the lead coach? And I didn't really know at that point what September was going to hold, if I was going to have a contract or if I was going to have to go get a, get a desk job. And, and so I said, yeah, sure. That sounds good. In the meantime, I can, I can do something I love and be outside every day and um, be around volleyball and, that was that was pretty much it, and so I jumped at that opportunity, um, and it was really fun. It was it was a lot this summer uh, with playing and then driving back up to Newmarket to coach, but I wouldn't have changed it. It was awesome. What did you enjoy the most about it? Because obviously, I think naturally players want to coach. It's it's easy. You don't got to put in too much effort. You you enjoy it. But uh, I think you really thrive the the last couple summers. So uh, is it maybe coming from a family where your dad is a coach? Uh, is it just your genuine love of volleyball, or, or what kind of puts it over the top that uh, it's not just a, a quick and easy job because you're you're home for the summer and you don't want to find a real job? It's actually something you're passionate about and, and try to make a difference. Don't underestimate not wanting to find a real job. That's, that's always going to be a big factor. Um, I don't know. I think 
probably has something to do with I just like being around the game. Um, I find I learn a lot as a player when I'm coaching. I'll, I'll be telling an athlete to do something or, or remember to focus on something, and then I'll kind of step back and walk away and go, hey, I don't, I don't always do that, or I don't always remember to, to focus on that thing or that skill or whatever it might be. So I think coaching definitely makes you a better player, which is a bonus. Um, and I think it just reminds me why I, why I like the sport, um, especially this summer. I had a really, as much as I loved doing the, the higher level full-time group, it was really cool this summer because we had all, all ages, all skill levels, and just sort of seeing the excitement when, when a kid figures out a skill for the first time is, is, is pretty cool. And it just reminds you why you, why you do this and why you, why you fell in love with the sport in the first place. Amazing. Amazing. And then, uh, to carry on your own playing career, uh, who called who first you and Chadwick had a heck of a summer, but I, I'm interested to how that uh, partnership got off the ground. Yeah. I, uh, I was not planning on playing beach this summer. Um, I was, my plan was to coach and then focus on getting ready for hopefully a pro season. Um, but I'm, I'm a sucker for the beach and I, <laughs> As soon as the weather gets nice, it's all I want to do. And I, I think in, indoor is dumb <laughs> and I just want to play beach. So I, my plan was just to play a few tournaments. I heard that Cam didn't have a partner. We knew each other because he also played for Storm. So we knew each other a little bit. So I reached out to him and said, hey, um, I'm looking to play this weekend. And I heard you don't have a partner. I'd love to play a tournament with you. And he got back to me and said, sure, let's do it. Uh, we had a good weekend. We came third, I think, that weekend. And he called me on Monday and said, do you want to play the whole summer? And at the time, I said, I'm sorry. I'd like, I'm coaching every night. I can't commit to training as much as you're training. And he just kept saying, well, what about three days a week? And I said, okay, I can make that work. And he said, I just need you to commit to three days a week and these four tournaments. And so at this point, I think the on-point programs have, were one week in. And to play in Calgary and Van Open, I would need to take uh, 10 days off or something like that in the middle of the summer. So I got on the phone and I called Darren and Darren said, hey, how did the first week go? And I said, great, I need a week off. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to Darren's credit, he was good about it and, and said, let's, let's figure it out. Let's make this happen for you. Um, yeah, and, and I had a I had a blast. I learned so much this summer. I definitely have the the itch back for beach, and um, I don't think either Cam or I were were particularly thrilled with our results. We both felt like we could have we could have done a little better, but um, it was a really fun summer, and I was really grateful to him for for getting me out, and and obviously really grateful for for you and Koss and all the other coaches letting me letting me come crash training and. And uh, taking the time to also coach me, even though that was outside your job description and I wasn't a part of the team, but I really, really learned a lot and it was awesome. Definitely hoping to get back out on the beach this summer. No, it was awesome. It was awesome to have you in the group. I think you and Cam worked well together and I think that's why you had such a successful season. Um, one thing whenever I'm talking to indoor people about beach is always just the concept of like, we have a big team and then we have teams within teams. And I think you and Cam maybe have one of the best examples of this in recent memory is because in the draw, you kept facing Steven Martin 
guys who, when you had a choice, you would travel with or you would stay with when you were in Vancouver. So just let me and the listeners know what goes on in, in that relationship where you know as eventually as the tournament goes deeper, the odds of playing these guys is coming up, but you guys can still have dinner together. You can still coexist. Like I, I thought that was, that was amazing because, man, you guys cross paths a lot this year. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, our summer would have been a little different probably if, if they hadn't been playing. But um, those battles were really fun. We, uh, I mean, Steve and I are used to competing with and against each other, and and obviously Cam and Martin are our former partners as well. So like, we know each other well enough, and I think we're all we're all the kind of player that that just likes to compete and is able to leave it on the court, which is great because uh, we were staying in a studio apartment for the four of us in Vancouver. So after that last round of the qualifier, if we weren't able to put that aside, it would have been an uncomfortable rest of the weekend. But um, yeah, we had a great battle with them in Calgary, 21-19, 21-19. I, I think actually we only, there was only one set between us in the four times we matched up that was decided by more than two points. So even though... Cam and I didn't manage to come out on the right side of any of them. Yeah, it was it was some really fun battles. Um, frustrating, but very fun. And just to rewind a quick second, so at what point during the summer uh, that Denmark was going to be the spot for you? Um, it was pretty much the only place that expressed interest. Um, I had some interest from a club in Romania, but my agent sort of said that he sent players to this team in the past and they've all had good experiences and I, the league and, and the country and it, um, the whole situation is just a, a really good place, especially as a, it's, it's tough for setters to get first contracts. And he said, it's, he thought it was a place that I could develop and I could, I would be comfortable and, and enjoy being. So I, I put a lot of, a lot of trust in him just based on what he was saying and, and him knowing better than I did. And it, it's worked out great. It's a, it's a great situation here. And yeah, so far, nothing but, nothing but positive experiences. Yeah, I think that that's fascinating about the first contract is you really are putting so much trust in your agent, not just to take the, the landing you a contract, but finding you the right fit. But did you also get on Volleybox and maybe look at the amount of Canadians that have come through? Not only, uh, not only players, but it seems like coaching staff has been there. And I know uh, Brar has been and left again and been back. So were you able to reach out to anyone else or just that meeting with your agent was enough to say, you know what, this is worth a shot and I'm going to give it my all. I did reach out actually to Irv and Irv is now back here this year as a player coach. He just arrived a, a week or two ago, so he's not eligible to play yet, but he should be ready for our next match. Um, yeah, I guess this is his third season here, but yeah, I did, I did reach out to him at the time, say, Hey, this is a place I have an offer from where are your thoughts. And, um, he got back to me, gave me a bunch of information and then said, Oh, by the way, I might be, I might be coming there too. So it's worked out, worked out great. And I'm excited to, for him to finally be able to get on the court and play with us. I think it'll, uh, it'll be a big boost for us when he can. So take me through the uh, living situation. So you're in Denmark. Are you in a, a city, a town, a university town? Like what's what's the uh, culture? What's the day-to-day living like? I'm in a very small town called Middlefart. Um, yes, that's a real name. It's a real place. Uh, no one believes me, but it's real. Um, it's, I think, about 16,000 people. 
Denmark's kind of made up of islands, so it's on the west corner of sort of the middle island, I think is the best way to describe it. Um, I'm living in a house with the four other foreigners. So we've got Irv, we've got another Canadian, uh, Shub Wander, and then we've got a Polish libero and a middle from the Bahamas. So it's the five of us in the house. Um, it's super convenient. The, the gym is a five minute bike ride away. The grocery store is close. Everything's, everything is super convenient. Um, bike to bike along the ocean, which is pretty sweet. Um, the, all the games are within Denmark. We're not playing any, any CEV cup or anything like that this year. So our farthest away game, because we're so central is actually closer than the away game at Windsor would have been, which is pretty nice after busing around Ontario for the last five years. But yeah, so far only good stuff. So you'll sleep in your bed every night. Like there's no overnighters unless you guys go to a cup or a championship or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then take me through just your team. I've, oh gosh, I can't believe I forget it just happened. Somebody is practicing in the afternoons because they have high school kids on their team. What's the age group of your squad in terms of the the makeup? I think um, your your fellow setter Mads is a 2002 birthday, which is just comical that he could still be in university playing, but uh, he's playing pro with you. Uh, so are you considered a vet based on age, or are you kind of middle of the pack on your squad? It's really interesting because we have. Um, so we have the foreigners uh, who are all a little bit older, uh, except for our libero. He's he's pretty young. I think he's 18 or 19. And then all the Danish guys, except for one, are either in high school still or university. So uh, a lot of the the Danish guys are really young. Um, and it's it's interesting, the mix. But yeah, the, the Mads is actually one of the older um, Danish guys. He's a baller. Um, really good dude. And I'm really enjoying working with him, which is, which is sweet. Cause I've always had a, had a setting partner that I've had a, a good working relationship for and with, and it's, it's sweet that I have one here too and learning a lot from him, but yeah, it's, it's, it's different because, you know, we've had some morning practice with practices where maybe the, the guys who are in school can't make it or, um, or like just we're at different stages of our life, but uh, um, it's the dynamic the team dynamic has actually been really good. Um, I'd heard a lot about guys going pro and sort of saying how, how individualistic it is and how there's not as much of a team camaraderie, but, uh, and so far the, it's been a really good vibe. So I'm really grateful for that. And take me through your league. I believe you play for the league and you'll play for a cup as well. When we talk like schedules and, and what you're kind of, firing up for as far as major competitions yeah so league and cup um the league it's it's like a like a regular season throughout the year and then uh top eight i believe make playoffs and then the cup is sort of like an in-season tournament uh similar to what the nba is trying this year we've actually the first couple games for the cup are just for seeding um so they don't mean all that much but uh after that i think we have first round sometime in November and then a quarter final in December. And then it's, it's a final four style. If we make it that far uh, sometime in the new year. 
man, this is such a small world. Volleybox is amazing. I'm just like in a wormhole learning about your club. Uh, Oleg, who we've had come via shoulder, who was a heck of a player at Ryerson, played there. Uh, it looks like Brar probably got the hookup through Kraus and Galloway have played there. So it, you can go back into the 2000s and like Canadians have had good experiences there. So um, as far as the town and supporters, has anyone mentioned that, uh, you know, you're a Canadian and that comes with an expectation or is there any expectations with the foreigners or what's the vibe with like not only your management in the staff but also just the the townspeople because you guys got to stand out right uh yeah i guess a little bit the nice thing is everyone in denmark pretty much speaks english um so getting around and communicating isn't really a problem but the the club and the manager definitely know that um have so many connections in canada that they i think they've kind of built a good pipeline where they they trust guys coming in from from our system and they sort of know the level of of youth sports and are willing to take chances on those guys. Um, in terms of sort of around town, um, yeah, it's it's amazing every, how friendly everyone is. I've met so many cool people. Um, we actually just met some guy who's a professional boxer tonight when we were going to uh, going to the pool for some recovery. Uh, um, but yeah, people here are super friendly. And as soon as you they realize you don't speak Danish, they say, oh, where are you from? And uh Canada and everyone everyone seems to like Canadians so that's a that's a bonus it makes it easier and uh just remind me what was your arrival point because I, it was kind of a coin toss whether you were going to play Halifax or not so I think you were still around in late August but uh when you arrived I didn't see you posting any training camp videos like Pierce had him running in the sand and they were doing all this crazy stuff does your <laughs> does your club not believe in, in showing off what you're doing on Instagram or you didn't do like a boot camp before uh, you, you put your shoes on I think it was more the fact that we didn't have necessarily a hard um, start date to our training camp. Uh, all the Danish guys had, had been training all summer. Um, and then I was actually the last to arrive. I think our, our, our libero got in late August and Shub and our middle got here a couple of days before me. I got here the 10th or 11th, I think. Um, yeah. Cam and I toyed with the idea of, of playing Halifax, but I would have had to move my flight. Um, and yeah, we like even though we didn't have a true training camp, it was definitely noticeable uh, when I got here that I needed to be here and, and just get the reps with the new hitters and and sort of get accustomed to the to the system and everything. And it took about twenty minutes of the first practice for my manager to come up to me and say, "You've been playing a lot of beach, haven't you?" So <laughs> I think. Uh, I think I definitely needed to be here early for just for the connection because our season's already started and um, it's definitely happening fast. Yeah, I mean, if you were an outside, I think that would be credit to your fantastic tan. But because you're setting, I'm going to take offense of the amount of beach you're playing that stood out that quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, it was a bit of an adjustment, but we're starting to, starting to feel like I'm competent again, which is nice. The last time we had you on the show, you spilled the beans, and I'm glad you did because it's just a credit to what you guys do at Windsor, where you guys had the unwritten rule where if you didn't know somebody, you just asked them, hey, do you want to study together? Do you want to go for lunch? Hey, I'm going here after. Now that you're a pro and dealing with other professionals who might have school, family, whatever else they got going on, have you kind of followed that same Windsor culture to your club team where like maybe you don't know the third middle yet? Are you making time to like chat these guys up or introduce yourself? Like, How are you getting to know a new environment? Because with the COVID year, this is technically the first time in like six years you've changed teammates and you were a storm guy your whole club career. So you probably get a certain level of comfort, right? Where now everybody's new, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And it's been an adjustment and I've also just been in the same system with the same coach for so long that that's definitely been an adjustment. And I'm really liking the the coaches here and uh, learning a lot of good stuff, but just the cadence of practice is different and um, getting used to that. But yeah, I've definitely tried to implement that same sort of mentality where, you know, okay, I I haven't really had a conversation with this guy yet. Let, Let me see what, what he's about and and try and learn something more about them. Um, like I said, some of the guys are really young, so we're, we're at pretty different stages in our life where they are maybe still going to high school or, um, <laughs> or even, uh, even not even close to the end of high school. <laughs> and I'm graduated university and, and living overseas. But I think, like I said, that it's been great because the coaches have put that emphasis on that side of it as well. So it's, it's, been established we want to take the time to get to know each other uh so every tuesday after practice um someone's responsible for bringing cake which can be anything really just something for us to share and 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 spend a little bit of extra time off the court together um so that that made me feel really good when when i was told that that's how we operate because that felt very familiar to me in the sense that like you said it's 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 unique an effort to to get to know your teammates Man, that's awesome. And just uh, a question more about you, because I, I know um, it, it's exciting. It's awesome. You get an opportunity to play what you do at the highest level, and you're definitely going to love it. But uh, you take away the school part, you add a time zone difference. How are you dealing with uh, the extra stuff that comes as being a pro where I'm sure the time zone difference is just enough that you probably can't watch as much NFL as maybe you want to or as much NBA or NHL as is coming up. You got to make an effort to talk to people back home. Like uh, I think pro is amazing and I wish you luck, but some people have struggled with just like I have way more free time because it's like university volleyball, but now I don't have class too, right? I think it's good because because I don't sit still very well. So I've I've found a lot of ways to fill my time, and I'm I'm really enjoying the lifestyle. Like yeah, you wake up every morning, and I can go work out or do some kind of active recovery. Um, been going for hikes, bike rides down to the water, that kind of thing, just to just to make sure I'm still getting outside and getting some vitamin D. Um, but yeah, I've I've the time change is, is tough because I've, I found myself staying up a lot later because everyone back home is still awake and I want to send messages and, and talk to friends and family and all that. But other than that, no, I've, I, I can definitely see how, um, it could get tough once the weather gets crappier and, and just become, you, you fall more into the grind, but, um, I've been really enjoying the lifestyle and been finding a lot of different ways to fill my time. So I haven't, haven't really felt too much of that yet, but maybe I will (laughs) towards the end of the season. Well, man, this has been awesome to uh, catch up and hear about your journey. Uh, I mean, uh, it it was a great way to end your Windsor career and then it was great having you on the beach and uh, I'll be definitely following the Denmark league more than I've ever followed it before. So uh, good luck with everything you've got going on, but it gives me a team to root for. Uh, One thing we've tried to make a tradition on the show is just to tell a a funny or unique story. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but I'm wondering if any, you could share just one more story before we let you go. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I told this one the other day. I can't remember how it came up, but I told this to my roommates. So I'll go with this one. We were, I think it was my first year. We went to Chicago to play Lewis uh, over the Christmas break. And we we're at the border and we got those, those big like nine seater vans, uh, two of them to go across. And so the border guard saw us pull up and, and got out of his stand 
and he had to open up the big side doors and was going through everyone's passport and, and information one at a time. And Brad Jamie, our right side, um, he had applied for a new passport when he realized we were doing this trip, but it hadn't come in yet. So he handed the guy his old passport and his, all the forms for his new passport, proving that he'd ordered it. And the guy was kind of giving him a hard time and Brad was getting more and more frazzled. And he was like, no, I did this. I did that. Like, and the guy's asking him questions and the guy's being a bit difficult about it. And after probably five minutes of grilling him, he finally turns to Gravel and he goes, how important is this guy to the team? And Gravel goes, he scores the most points. And the border guard says, you're free to go. And walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if he'd already made up his mind that he was letting us through, but it was uh, it was pretty funny if that was actually the, the final determining factor. In my mind, I'd be playing, would I have gotten through? Would uh, like Steve have gotten through? Like, what are we, what are we talking here? <laughs> yeah, that, that was my first year. I don't know if that question had been asked about me if I was if I was going on the trip. I might have had to turn around and go home. <laughs> Amazing. Well, buddy, thank you so much for all that you shared. And like I said, we'll be following your journey. So thanks for making the time zone difference uh, work for us. And best of luck. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me back on.